today we are talking about how to not be so hard on yourself as a creator because honestly, it can be quite detrimental. Get your cup of joe ready. We have a lot to talk about. Hello and welcome back to the Morning Cup of Joe podcast, the ultimate podcast for content creators, geared toward helping you find the creator within and turn passion into purpose. Today, I am joined by Super Manny. I'm so excited to announce this because great creator, a good friend of mine. We used to work together. We actually used to work together on the first ever gig that I did as a creator, like the first ever paid gig I had. And uh, what I love is he's very selfless and very resilient. He, he creates really good stuff. And I mean, he just helps others. His whole uh, catch line is Super Manny, helping creators find the superpower within. So Manny, you want to introduce yourself? What's up, super creators? <laughs> Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm here. I'm excited, Joe. Thanks for, for inviting me in today for for the show. Well, thanks for being here. It's honestly my pleasure and dude i've been wanting to get you on this podcast for a while and i'm really glad we waited because with season two repivoting and coming together it's lining up that i'm gonna have a a guest on every episode of this podcast whereas the podcast used to be just me talking it was inconsistent and now like this whole podcast has been revamped there's so much value here and there's just so much going on and so uh, I'll just ask you instead of saying it because I feel like I'm talking too much already. Um, oh, but what good. are we talking about today? What, what, what are we talking about? So the topic that I want to talk today is basically um, in the s- simplest way to put it, how to be an encouraging creator. Um, and encouraging, I mean encouraging to yourself and also encouraging to others. Okay, I feel that. And so just kind of like not being so hard on yourself then, right? And then learning how to not be so hard on others. Yeah. So, I mean, so the first thing is uh, this is actually a topic that is important to me a lot. And it's because when I wanted to start out in creativity and, you know, basically start my personal brand and put stuff on YouTube and, you know, Instagram and show people my work – the biggest fear is always what are they going to say how are they going to react i'm not professional enough i'm not you know learned enough i'm not the best out there i'm just like a beginner so it's hard to put your work out there because of all these thoughts and ideas that come into play of how people are going to judge your work yeah i get that because when you start what is the one thing you hear over and over and over just put out content right but in the beginning if you just put out content it's really bad content. And so it's like that turnaround time for you is super long and you have to grind super hard just to get a piece of content out that's mediocre in the beginning because you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you spend so much time fiddling over the little stuff that doesn't have any impact in your work. Like how do I move footage from a US or from my uh, memory card to my computer? Yes. How do I set up my editing software? It's always the stupid stuff like that that'll trip you up the most. Not only that, but then you have to learn this free editing software that you're using as you're dabbling into it. And then especially when you when you buy paid software, 
that's such a learning curve. It looks like a rocket ship. And I mean, you think of being a creator, the camera all, with all the buttons and the dials and bells and whistles, you go to Adobe Premiere and it looks like you're doing heart surgery on yep. footage. <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. And then talking to clients, everything about content creation is overwhelming. And I think honestly, being a content creator is not for everybody. Doing a full-time job is definitely not for everybody. But for those people that it is for, it's an amazing thing. And it's, it's really great because you're just exponentially growing, not only as a person, but as a creator, right? And yeah. you build that resiliency. You build all these skills that just, I mean, they seem mundane and meaningless until you go into the real world and now you're having car troubles and you, you fix it just because you, you don't quit messing with whatever you, you, you just figure that stuff out exactly and uh yeah and honestly i mean it, it's it's tough like i said i think creating i think creating some sort of creation some sort of self-expression could be for everybody i should i should fix that but creating full-time is definitely not for everybody there's there's definitely people that are destined to do other things um but yeah no long story short it is a very you know it's very intimidating especially because if you're starting out now, you got like Peter McKinnon and Casey Neistat and all these creators that have been on the platform since it began yeah. on YouTube. Or for, uh, they've been on YouTube for a while and they've been on Instagram like since the beginning almost. And so when you look at your work versus their work, it's very easy to just feel like you're not doing anything. And that that's like comparing a you know 2019 Ford truck to a 1970 exactly. you know Ford truck. <laughs> It, it's like you you can't of course of course the current truck right now it may be a good truck but it's not a classic why yeah. because it's it's not old it hasn't had time to age it hasn't had time to you know go into it which is a weird it's a weird uh reference to make but i think it gets my point across well, actually no no it makes a, it makes a perfect point i'll actually run through off of that same example and that's where this i kind of wanted to take this topic is because there's a lot of comparison that happens in the creative community, uh, you know, in the creative culture. And I think that's what trips up so many people because everyone's trying to compare themselves with somebody else. But when it comes to creativity and content creation and being your own brand, the main thing that I can say is you are yourself. You are not running a race against anybody else. So there's no need to compare yourself. There's, I mean, the only reason why I would, I would never actually say to that you should compare yourself, but yes, look at other people's work to learn from it, but don't compare yourself. It's like, you know, like one thing that I've did as I was growing up, you know, I liked a lot of, um, extracurricular activities. So I learned skateboarding. Um, I learned break dancing. I played a lot of sports. And the one thing that I would always do before I started is, Find out who's the best, find out why they're the best, and study them. And then I would just put in the practice, put in the work. But I never compared myself. I never said, oh, this person, you know, runs this fast, or this person can do this many backflips, I can only do one, or this person, no, I just, okay, why can he do so many, and what do I need to do to mimic that, you know, to learn that? So I yeah, think that's... And well mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, that. I was just going to say, I think that's the best way to look at other people's work is just to learn from it so that you can apply it to your work, but not necessarily, you know, be 
comparing yourself as, oh, he's so good. He shot this so amazing. Look at this dope B-roll and this and that. I'll never be able to do it. It's not that. Just learn how he was able to capture the B-roll, what he did with the sound design, and then just practice it and apply it to your work. And, of course, it's going to take time. So, Well, I mean, with Peter McKinnon and B-roll, the reason he's able to get the B-roll that he gets, right, not only as has he learned the gear to the point where it's an extension of him, like he knows what settings does what, he knows how to manipulate that camera to do what he wants. So it's it's having, it's having it's not only that, but working on himself, having the vision for the B-roll. You know, you don't just hit record and things happen, right? Basically, you're painting the area around you with the camera you have. So you're an artist. And so... Knowing that camera like it's the back of your hand is very important. But also, just as important, is having a vision in your head and being able to recreate, recreate it and turn thoughts into things. But on top of that, it's also having gear that can do what you want it to do, right? Like, he couldn't get that slow-mo B-roll if he was shooting on a Canon 70D, uh, you know, make it look as smooth as it does because Canon 70D does up to 30 frames per second and 1080p, whereas the Canon 1DX Mark II or whatever he has, uh, or had, uh, rather, because he's been using different stuff now, uh, it was doing 120 frames per second, you know, at at a really high, uh, 1080, and so that's 120 frames per second. You got to think about that. That's, That's very slow down footage, and so when you have that... When you have that kind of skill and everything like that, and you have gear that is like that, you can do some magical things with it. And before you get there, all you're doing is you're building up your skills. That's the only thing, right? So you do what you can with the camera. Because I'll tell you what, the one constant thing that's been on this podcast, season two or not, is uh, do what you can with what you have, right? And that includes the gear because the story you can tell with the gear that you have is much, much, much better, infinite infinitely better than the story you you can't you you uh can't tell because of the gear you don't have right if even if you put up a video with it gopro that's a video you put out and that's just a step that you've taken toward being a better creator and i will say this like i think a lot of people glorify all these creators and they 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 really think about them and put them on a pedestal you have to imagine casey neistat at one point was exactly where you were he had a camcorder that was probably destroyed to bits knowing casey and he was looking up to what is it spike jones the the guy that was directing and like filming and doing all this stuff with jackass or producing or Mm -hmm. i i don't know you don't don't uh don't beat me up for that. I think I think he did uh, a lot I of just, music videos too. Yeah, no, he did a ton. He did a lot of stuff, and so Casey Neistat looked up to him. And I remember he did like uh, I watched the vlog episode where Casey Neistat was talking about how he he had a director's cut of all his stuff. And so Casey Neistat made one of him and sent it to Spike Jones, and he's just sent it in over and over and over. And then finally, like he got a letter back. It was it was a really good episode, and it really kind of gave me this idea. What do you think about that? Okay, I mean that that's interesting. I never heard I never heard of that story. Actually, it's funny. A lot of people mentioned Casey Neistat, and he's literally one of the creators that I really haven't seen a lot of his work. Like I've I've maybe seen a handful of his videos, um, but I know that he did pave a big way on like what is like known as like the youtube video making and like vlogging and things like that yeah well here's how i got my start and i'll tell you why casey was such a big deal for with me for me um i started i was in the military 
I was prepping for a bodybuilding competition at the time because I was really thin, really small. It's 160 pounds or something like that. And I was prepping for a men's physique show. I graduated early, so I wasn't able to do this show. And so I was figuring out what else I wanted to do because all my free time is going into this. And so now I had just gained a lot more free time. And I started thinking about what I could do that no one else could. And so I, I thus began my YouTube channel. I mm-hmm. called it Not Your Average Joe, which stood the test of time so far. <laughs> and I think will continue to do so. I bought a camcorder because in my head, in my, in my tech expertise, a camcorder was for video and a camera was for photos and overpriced. And so I got a camcorder. I took out the last like $400 and got a Canon Vixia camcorder. And I just started making food challenges on YouTube. And then as I got into YouTube and making YouTube videos that were awful, by the way, I started watching YouTube videos. I, I got into Roman Atwood and Fur- Furious Pete actually does did food challenges, but he also did vlogs. And so okay. that got me into vlogging. And I was like, okay. And then Casey Neistat was into vlogging. And so if you're if you're a vlogger, right, or you're trying to be, Casey Neistat's going to pop up at some point. I saw that, and I saw his vlogs and my vlogs. I'm like, his vlogs make my vlogs look like they're terminally <laughs> ill. So what can I do to make my stuff look better? And that got me into the filmmaking, the cinematic, the, you know, side of things where I found Peter McKinnon and all those creators. And now they've kind of guided me along this path toward being a creator. And that's how I got my start. And that's how I am here. And that's why Casey Neistat is such an important, like, uh, building block for that. Yep. Just because he paved a big path for me. Uh, learned, like I said, learning filmmaking and actually taking this up as a full-time passion and pursuing it, like, actually pursuing it and not trying to be, like, the next man versus food. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is – he was a big influence in that. And honestly – I look back at how I got my start and it's crazy because I see like all these other kids growing or all these other people that are into filmmaking did it when they were in high school and stuff like that. I mean, there was one time I picked up an iPad in an English class and took it seriously and it was fun, (laughs) but I never thought anything of it until I got the camcorder and I started doing challenges like 32 Reese's peanut butter cups in a row. I ate a Ruby Tuesday burger, um, their biggest burger in a minute and 48 seconds with the fries. I did this blazing wing challenge. I was doing all this. Basically, the the whole video ideas were just, what's the craziest thing I could do right now? And I would pursue that. How how did you you get your start, Manny? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. How how did you get your start, though, Manny? So, that's a fun... (laughs) story actually when when i started to think back of like how i started i used to i started more with editing so i technically my whole creative journey started with video editing and i didn't even know that i was video editing um and i'll explain why so i used to go on youtube and find the clips of my favorite skateboarders um and i would download the videos of like their skate park and I would literally take out the clips and the parts that I liked the most, and I would put music to it, like different music. So I would make my own like compilation of my favorite footage of theirs, of theirs. And I used to do that a lot, and I used to do it just for myself. Like I don't ever remember uploading to YouTube or anywhere. I would just make it because I wanted to have it. And I would say that's my first big start. And that was just on, like, I don't know, Windows Movie Maker or whatever was available on my computer. Dude, Windows Movie Maker is how I got my start. That's that would, how I edited everything up until I got Adobe Premiere. So that that, that yeah, software's actually slept on. <laughs> Do you want to know something funny? Yep. 
So you know how you could only add one sound to it? You couldn't sound design. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do. Uh, you you could put music, and so you couldn't put sound effects. My yeah. workaround was that I would edit the video. I'd put the music to it. I would export it. I'd bring the exported version into Windows Movie Maker, and I'd put the sound design on top of that, and I'd export it again, and then do any other like tweaks I had to do. So wow. I would export a project like a few times just to get like a vlog that had everything I wanted it to have, right? Yeah. Which is kind of a funny workaround. And but it dude, I literally, yeah, I maximized. I maximized that software. That's why I got Adobe Premiere is because I'm like, this software is really holding me back. And I had this computer that my mom got that was just like a generic computer. It's like the computer your parents get you, like the laptop, the cheap one when you're going to school and you want to watch Netflix and mm-hmm. do homework and stuff. That was not built for um, for video editing at all, but it was a workhorse. It, it did everything. Um, the only thing I did is I upgraded the RAM later on because when I had Adobe Premiere, I, I spent so much time rendering footage. And then I think I even tried to play like uh, Fallout 4 on there. And so that computer did literally like it, it's like work it, onto it. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you see a GoPro, it's like don't don't bring below thirty feet. I'm like, all right, we're going scuba diving with that thing. Oh my gosh! Actually, that's funny <laughs> that's, that you mentioned like Premiere Pro because so I had no idea the difference between um, I guess the technical term right is like the nonlinear editing uh, software like Premiere Pro. I when I when I started getting into like more heavy editing, I went straight into After Effects, believe it or not. So That's I weird. would put together full on like clips and videos and stories in After Effects. If anybody's used After Effects, you know that you don't do that there at all. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I, I still. I yeah, I still need to learn After Effects. I, I learned Photoshop. I know both Lightrooms. I know Premiere. I'm getting to the point where I can start doing everything I need to do. Like Photoshop was very rough to start because everything looks so bad. After Effects, I've done like one thing in there, and that, oh, dude, it feels like a spaceship. I, re- I just got to jump in, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, it's I mean, tough. It's, it's, so it's going back to the same, you know, it's the same thing. It's everything's a, a journey. You're going to start somewhere, and that's why, like, you just have to enjoy your page. Actually, just recently this week, I saw a video on YouTube, and it was so the title, of course, was like caught my attention because it says that chasing your dreams is won't make you happy. Um, and basically, the point was that when you achieve your goal, you're not happy anymore because now you're looking for your next goal to achieve yeah you know? so, so if, i think yeah i know that exact thing it's in um the subtle art of not giving a fuck that uh book that i, mm-hmm. I, I i'm reading currently it the talk is about how you you're always going to have problems in life right the only point and the the whole like the whole trick to it is to have better problems have problems that make you happy right if your problem is you have to wake up at 4 a.m and go on a run so you're not a fat sack of shit that's a that's a good problem to have, right? So it's like you you just find better problems. I know my mm-hmm. examples aren't always are the best, but No, no, it makes that's... sense. I actually read that book. It's it's one of my favorites so far of this year. <laughs> yeah, no. It's reading has been tough for me. Audiobooks has been the way to go cuz like I I'll run or I walk around and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I've been trying to get more into reading, 
and I know like my attention span has really like suffered lately because I, I once I get into the book, it's like a run or a walk or a hike or something like that. Like once I get started, my mind's just like I kind of don't want to be doing this. And then ten minutes in, I'm I'm blazing trails. It's yeah. like reading. Once I get past that ten minute mark, I'm good now. And you know that 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 uh, ten minute marks getting lower and lower. So it's you know soon it'll be five and soon it'll be one and. So hopefully I'll be able to pick up a book and just get right into it. But um, I digress. I kind of <laughs> wanted to ask you, yeah, <laughs> how, how, what, what are some tips you have and how do you avoid being so hard on yourself? How do you avoid being hard on others? Like, like how do you immediately stop yourself from thinking, like when you see a, be- a newbie or a beginner, how do, you, how do you just not write them off? How do you not look at something and go, wow, that transition's awful? So, Let's get into that. Yeah. So actually, that's, that's the, the meaty part of the of this talk. <laughs> and one thing that has discouraged me a lot in the creative community is the judgment, right? Um, and the critique that comes from everywhere and from everybody. And uh, I'll give a recent example. Um I started joining a lot of like, you know, like the photography groups on like Facebook and things like that and like the video groups. Yeah. I don't have and the patience for those. Yeah. So, but I did it because, you know, it was recommended that it's a good way to connect with people, um, you know, also see new work, let them see your work, things like that. But what I saw a lot of was like somebody would ask a very generic and basic question, you know, it'd just be like, oh, my camera. Uh, the audio's not syncing up, or the, uh, you know, the frame rate, like something looks wrong, or whatever, and they're asking for help, and the immediate response would be like, oh, this guy's a, you know, a dope, uh, he needs to just Google it, like, why can't you put in the work, and like, and I'm just like, well, that's what this forum is for, this is what this group is for, if he doesn't know the answer, he's gonna ask, you know, so there's like a lot of people just like throwing so much like shade and like, like talking bad about this person. So I, when I saw, when I saw that happening, I immediately felt bad because I'm just like, yo, you have no idea who this person is. This is probably like a mom, you know, like just a 30, 40 year old mom who just started picking up her camera. She wants to take video of her, of her children, um, you know, and she was recommended that camera. She got it, and it's a little bit more complicated than she thought it was. Like, not everybody's technologically savvy. You know, even myself. Not like, everybody's, yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's like, MacGyver with a Canon. Yeah, for real. And, like, even myself. Like, I grew up loving technology and working with it, but I still feel like I'm 10 years behind. Like, there's some stuff that I just never touched or got into because, you know, it's just it's a lot to, to learn. So, when I saw those comments, I would automatically jump in and if i knew the answer i would try to help out or try to you know suggest what i could and a lot of people would like you know they'll upload their video they'll just be like oh i took some video of my family barbecue over the weekend let me know what you think and the first thing that you would hear is like oh why don't you have an nd filter oh the frame rate's too high um the colors look off it's overexposed and like and people are just throwing all this stuff and i'm just like you know that's the first video they ever put together and they took the courage to post it online for you guys to like straight up bash it you know and it's like not everyone is a filmmaker people just want to make home videos to remember 
something that happened in their life. You know, so well, like I mean, all those, all yeah. those like technical skills and things is like, it's not important. Honestly, like half of those things, like now that I think about it, it's really not important. Like you said, I'd rather shoot an overexposed anything than not shoot it. Yeah, and you look at like Casey Neistat. Some of his earlier films weren't the best films, and it's not like this. So. The biggest factor with Casey, I keep going back to him, I know, um, but his story was on point all the time, right? The cameras he shot on were what he had available, and the audio, you know, he would do his best. So sometimes, like, there would be things like it wouldn't be exposed right, or the image would be so grainy. But you you, you tended to forget about these things because the story and everything was so thought yeah. out and so well written and so what i hate like so first of all people like that aren't going anywhere those people that sit around (laughs) and they they sit on the forums and they they put their energy toward shutting other people down aren't making a full-time living off of it they're living in their mom's basement somewhere collecting some sort of like money working at walmart they're just unhappy so if you're getting stuff like that just realize that that person is trying to hurt you in the way that they're hurt Right. Yeah. And it's it's from their own lack of the courage of being able to keep going. Right. They've gotten to a point where they're comfortable and they don't know how to break out of that comfortability. So I, I do want to say that if you're going through that, keep pushing. And honestly, it's, it's weird because for me, I feel like I don't get enough hate. Honestly, <laughs> like I've my my Instagram's a good community. I mean, I've had a couple like comments on YouTube, but they've always been like they've had nothing to do with the video. They've had nothing, you know, it was just kind of somebody went on and just talked shit. That was yeah. it. Um, and so it was very easy to just, you know, ignore. I didn't yeah. even, I, did, I, I didn't see the comments until like a month later. or two later. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. And then yeah. I looked and I was like, actually, no, it's not worth my time. But I get, like, when I do get criticism, it's constructive. It's like, hey, the audio wasn't playing in your in the uh, right headphone on your YouTube video. And I, I and at the time, I wasn't using headphones to, like, watch it. I was using a computer. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's such a dumb mistake. Mm-hmm. And I fixed it, right? And so everybody's been very uplifting, very supportive up at this point. Because I will say, when I got my start, nobody took me seriously. Even in my hometown at this level that I'm at, actually – a little bit lower, but nobody took me serious. They were just like, oh, he's just doing it as a hobby. He's not trying to make a full-time yeah. living. Um, and with COVID, it didn't help. But, <laughs> like, in the beginning, people just kind of wrote it off. And to be fair, like, I was trying to get people to view it. And so I was a little spammy. So uh, when I was in the service, we would be at, like, the chow hall. We would be sitting there at, like, a, a cafeteria. And I would go up and down the line and be like, check out my video, check out my video, check out my video. It was like a sales pitch for mm-hmm. something they're not even buying. It was just a sales pitch for their time. And so those first few videos got so many views because I would literally talk to a hundred people and have them look at the video. Cause in my mind it was the best thing ever. And yeah. on Facebook it was just made a new video, check it out, check it out, check it out. And I'm slowly getting into where I'm able to add value to people with the videos I, so I put. So when I, when I do, announce them on social media i kind of put something like if you're struggling with creating watch this if you have trouble doing this or if you were trying to travel or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm I'm addressing the topic i try to just kind of put it out there for the people that are interested in that instead of trying to 
put it in front of everybody's face, right? I yeah. mean, that's that comes with niching down, but it also comes with just trying to help people with good intentions, like you were saying. Like you were saying that you would reply to these people and let them know that everybody else is just being a dick. Yeah, for no of reason. course. I mean, so the the way like that we have to see it is anybody who's doing anything or trying anything new, they need to be applauded. It, everything takes work. Like, think about it. like even if you record the worst video. But you somehow learned how to pick up a camera and which button starts recording. You know, even though it seems like a small step, but like it's a step. Some people don't know how to use a camera. And if you can at least hit record, you're one step ahead of them. Like, so I think th- there's so much artwork that is, is being produced nowadays and is being shown. And I just think like there just does not need to be any type of hate or criticism or anything like that because everybody's creating you know for themselves and if somebody made something then like kudos to them they made something they put it together they put in effort they put in time like there's like nobody's artwork or video or photography affects me negatively so why should i have something negative to say about it like literally Dude, there's like nothing that. it won't take any it takes nothing away from me the most it'll take is a few minutes of my time but i chose to watch that video you know what i'm saying I so wish, it's like yeah that's so that's why i feel it's just like i think the you know people just need to just focus on like like the way i see it to criticize other people's work is they put in time they put in effort they put in energy so that's what needs to be applauded, not just the final product. You know, it's like it's even like with kids when they're when they're starting to learn. They. They begin. Small steps, they first learn how to walk and they fall, you know, the crawling, they walk, they run. But all of those, like no matter how many times like, a baby falls, the parents are like, oh, you're a loser. How can you fall? Like, you know, your legs don't work. Like, no, you just if they take two steps, you're happy. If they take three steps, you're happy. So it's the same way. Like when I see people's work and I'm not saying that people's work are bad. I see amazing creativity and amazing videos and everything. And, you know, you could just see like where the person came from. Like I try to think of what situation and mindset is the person who made this video. And that's what I appreciate more than the content itself. No, I get that 100%. And I will say this. Um, anybody that's anybody that's attacking, right? There's there's a difference between construction, cr- constructive criticism and just attacking, right? If they're like, hey, man, I love the video. It was great. Just for future videos, make sure that you record your audio like this, right? That's constructive. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, hey, your audio fucking sucks. That's just them attacking. And <laughs> yeah, the only reason they jerk. attack, you know? <laughs> Yeah, the only reason people attack your work is because they're insecure and unsure of their own. So you have to realize that. You really do. Like I said, I don't get a lot of it, so I'm very blessed. And I also want to say something on the funnier side of things. (laughs) I really pictured that when you said the baby trying to walk, some dad like, wow, my baby's useless. Yeah. You know, it's like this infant. (laughs) And, And when you were, yeah, when you were getting hyped up about that, I could literally, I couldn't hear it, but I could like hear it. Like you put, like just throwing your arms in the air and just being like, Ah, like I could, I could sense it from mm-hmm. how you were talking. Cause I mean, it is, it is a crappy thing. Like you, I promise you, I promise you, 
you know, I, I'll bet my life on it that you're not going to see Peter McKinnon or Casey Neistat in that group chat somewhere talking to people saying, hey, your no. work sucks. No. The people that are worth a damn aren't doing that. And so if, if they are doing that, um, try to hold back the jokes about their mother and just say, I hope your creative process is going as well um, as your neg- your negative process is. <laughs> For real. Because if so, if so, your YouTube channel is about to pop off, dude. Just, like, say something like, I mean, that's even a little bit more passive-aggressive than kindness. you should be. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little more passive than you should be. I'm a passive-aggressive kind of guy sometimes. I like yeah. to joke about it. I'll literally try to make people look stupid about what they say to me. And it's just because it's like I don't try to degrade people, right? But when somebody comes at me and they're like, wow, your work sucks. Like, like one thing that I, I, was, I would always get when I started is like, ha, you only have 100 subscribers. And I'd be like, oh, dude. Yeah, I know. That's that's nothing compared to your zero, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, I'd be like, how many subscribers do you have? And the first thing is, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, because you, you haven't been able to, you know. You haven't tried You it. haven't been able to. You, yeah, you haven't convinced 100 people to hit a subscribe button for your channel because you, you haven't even started it. So you're hitting, you're sitting here shitting on my stuff because you aren't man enough to, to save up the $400 to buy your camcorder and get started, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's, so and that's the thing where it comes down to. And that's why it's like, you know, it's all about the just focusing on progression. Like with me, even like with with every video that I make is just I know that there's things like I consciously know that there's things that could be done better. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't care for it because I'm happy with putting this together and putting it out on the Internet exactly how i recorded it like yeah i had better like sometimes i would record audio and i have better gear i have a lav mic i have a boom mic and i'm just like you know what i don't feel like putting on this boom mic right now because it's bothering me it's gonna take more work and it's gonna take me out of my focus so i'm just gonna record it as is and that's it you know and i just like i'll focus like i just focus on like little progression instead of trying to make everything perfect because perfection is a myth doesn't exist it, you know, it's the biggest lie. And as long as it just gets out there and I'm happy about it, then it's mission accomplished. You know, so I think like everybody should just need to focus on their work like that and just try to make little progressions and, you know, really just enjoy the journey because it's what it is. You know, you're going to look back at one point and you're going to be like, man, I made a huge leap and now I'm, you know, this A-list filmmaker or whatever and you're going to look at your past work and just be like, how did I get from, you know, from A to B? And that's what what's going to really bring, like, joy and what's really going to matter rather than, like, yeah. to make everything perfect and stress over it. Dude, I feel that preach. And uh, I want to say that, honestly, for me. Yeah, so it's just like, it's um, so s- Oh, wait. You, you, honestly, for me, uh, right. <coughs> wow, sorry. I try to get 1% better every time. I try to improve one thing on every video that I do. That's just me. And honestly, like, when you get 1% better every time, right? If you do that, every, if you get 1% better every day for 365 days, that's 365% better. And that's, that's how you got to look at it, right? Because at the end of the day, we are all monkeys pressing buttons on a very expensive machine. That's all it is. You know, it's not like... Like, yeah, we have to have the fundamentals down, 
but we're monkeys pressing expensive buttons. You, yep. hit a, you hit a record button. You hit a shutter button. We're, we're apes that do that. So just kind of humble, humble yourself and bring it back down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, that's, that's really, like, the point. It's just, like, it's all progression. It's just you're going to learn. Just enjoy it. You know, I just think that uh, there's a lot of, um, like we said at the beginning, there's a lot of comparison and then also a lot of, like, focus on gear. And I think that the whole gear community is, like, just overwhelming nowadays. And the toxicity is just, like, so crazy like people you know with their oh nikon's trash and then canon over sony and this and that and it's just like it really doesn't matter like what it's record on what you're using just like whatever you have just do it and like just appreciate the work that's been put out you know yeah like i just put out my first short film I've been wanting to make a short film for years, and I put it out because Peter McKinnon put a 72-hour short film challenge up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this because I actually saw somebody else put a short film challenge out, but I just I didn't go for it, and then I didn't like how that made me feel. And mm. then it was the same thing for my website. I've wanted to make a website for so long. Now I finally did it, and you saw how that short film turned out. I'll, I'll go back, uh, but you got to realize that was on a Canon 70D that doesn't shoot more than 30 frames per second at 1080p. I may, yeah, and, and it's on a camera that isn't even, it isn't even produced anymore. There's a Canon 90D out. There's a whole two, like, yeah. other cameras past it. So it's an older camera that I've been using for a long time, and it still does amazing things. I take great photos. I take great videos. I've been using it for the last two or three years, and guess what? I just barely upgraded to a Sony a7 III. I haven't even got to Sony yet because I sent it back home. I, I, I could have spent the extra $300 to ship it to Hawaii with everything I got it with, but I, instead I saved some money. and I was like, cool, I'm going to go home. And then instead of trying to use it and dealing with the learning curve on jobs, I'm going to do it at home and just take a week or two to just yep. create and learn. Uh, but I do want to ask you mm -hmm. uh, really quick, how do you how do you connect with fellow creators? What are your tips and tricks for that? Because honestly, for me, I'm getting better about it now, but I do go through periods of times where it's hard to connect with creators. It, it can be because... Instagram's only as good as the people around you. I unfollow a lot of people, mm -hmm. nothing personal, but when I see like the same spammy stuff or if I see stuff that just kind of affects my mental, I'll unfollow that stuff and I, I try to connect with the creators and, you know, I'll talk to them and it, it's just, it's nice to have a community of like-minded yep. people around you. So what's, what's your advice? So honestly, my, <clears throat> I mean, it goes back to the same you know, the same topic of just being an encouraging creator. And when I see people's work, I appreciate them for who they are more than like their work, you know, like their video quality. Um, and I just connect like that. Like I, like sometimes I'll stumble upon someone's YouTube video. Like that's one thing I do. Like when I see YouTube videos, I know that there's like the big channels. And if I'm searching something, I'll look at the big channel just to see like what their take is, but then I'll also look at a smaller channel that might have put out a similar topic and then see that person's video. And then when I see it, I'm just like, oh, this is cool. I've never seen this creator before. He seems like a good guy or a good girl, or whatever. You know, they're kind of ch they're kind of chill. And I'll connect like that, like through the comments or I'll see if they have other social media. And actually I've made a, a like some pretty good friends over the years. Um just through that, like, I'll see a video that they posted, and even though it's not, like, 
quote unquote the best quality or whatever that is. Um, but I appreciate them as a person. So I connect with them from person to person, not as creator to creator. And I think that's been the biggest thing that's helped me. Like not just comparing um, production quality or comparing number of followers, but just like who this person is and like what their voice is. You know, like what their, what is their passion and their voice and their message that they're trying to spread. And those are the type of people that I try to follow and like connect with, even though they're not like big name creators. I love that, especially because for you, it, it kind of comes down to helping creators find the superpower within, kind of helping empower them and helping them get their start and everything like that. So that's beautiful. And so I'll, 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 go, I'll go the extra distance and I'll ask you, um, obviously, when you, when you are starting out, you need to build a niche, right? It's, it's, it's tough, but you have to do it. Or for in my case, I'm repivoting into a niche mm-hmm. and it's been going really well. But uh, how do you put your work in front of more creators' eyes, right? Like, it's, for me, um, that's my niche. That's why I say that. So, well, I mean, use this for any example. But for me specifically and for you, how do you put your work? And, I mean, for everybody on here, there's a bunch of creators. So I just I want to say that yep. this isn't going to work if you have a car channel or if you have a food channel, stuff like that necessarily, right? You, you'd want those eyes to be... You know, people that enjoy cars and people that mm-hmm. enjoy food. Not cr- Yeah. Anyway, I think you get the point. How do I get my work in front of more creators and in front of my target audience? So, I mean, there's, there's, so there's two ways to go about it. The first way is the technical way. And that comes down to, you know, the data and analytics. And that is finding common interests. So let's say you use Canon, right? Or if you use Sony then you would reach out to people who are using the similar cameras or similar lenses or similar shooting style. That's the the first way, right? Because like attracts like. If you're a Canon shooter, you're going to attract Canon shooters. If you're a travel uh, photographer, videographer, you're going to attract travel people. If you're doing foodie blogs, you're going to attract foodies. So that's the first thing is to, as you're niching down, Try to break it down as much as possible, even, you know, age range, where they live, what language they speak, what camera they're using, how they edit, all those things. That's the technical way. The other way is to be very transparent and authentic and genuine and connect with similar interests, even outside of creativity. Like a lot of people that I have met recently has been through my interest in music, um, movies, and like video games. So I've made a lot of friends just because I posted something and I tagged, um, you know, PS4, hashtag Final Fantasy, hashtag RPGs, or K-pop, and anime, and whatever. And those people that saw it are actually the people who I still talk to and made like long-term friends because somehow we had a similar interest in something outside of our creativity, but now we're connected through our creativity. Dude, I love it. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. I just asked that that was kind of a, per, a selfish question. I don't know why, but on the, on the podcast toward the end, I start having these selfish questions and That's I perfect. mean, it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Cause on YouTube, 
Like if you put up a video a video weekly, sometimes one video gets a hundred views, sometimes the next gets like fifty, sometimes one gets a thousand, and the next gets, you know, mm-hmm. fifty. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> it's really hit or miss, and so it's kind of hard to to realize whether or, or to see whether or not you're putting yourself in front of you know new eyes or old eyes or who who's watching, and I mean especially Instagram too, like my my. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but all my bios and stuff, mm-hmm. they have been relevant to creators. And so it's it's tough to know whether or not it's actually helping somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that, and that's one thing. So going back to like the same thing is people are going to connect with you because of who you are. So all of the external stuff about like even gear or how you edit or how you shoot, like if someone likes your personality or even how like I, I've said this before on, you know, on other videos, it's like if someone like there's some people that I follow because I like their hair. I think their hair looks cool and that's it. Maybe their videos aren't the great, but I think they have cool hair or somebody has a nice smile or someone talks in a, a tone that's very like understanding and soothing or you know maybe just whatever like the content is i can connect with that person because of something of who they are and their personality so they can be talking about anything but i'm just like i think this person is cool and dope and it's like making a you know like an online friend he just doesn't like they don't know i'm their friend but i'm their friend yeah (laughs) i (laughs) i think it would be funny uh, someone's like, how'd you like that person's LUT pack? You're like, well, I only bought it because their hair looks cool. I didn't even look at it. I just put it in my trash bin. Yeah, but like, yeah. I was just trying to support them. But think about honestly, think about it. If you look at the like some of your favorite things or your favorite celebrities or um, you know actors and personalities, like those type of people, like there's maybe some like just random or stupid reason that you prefer that person over somebody else. And if they put out a product or something, you're going to buy it because you just like that person. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's, that's where like, we have to remember as creators that we are in a people to people industry. And it really doesn't matter. Of course you have to put out great work. You have to, you know, keep leveling up. That's just, you know, as a professional, but if people like you, people are going to want to work with you and people are going to want to connect with you and they're going to want to keep watching your videos and things like that. So that's why I think being just more authentic and genuine is the most important thing as a creator instead of trying to be the next YouTube star or trying to be so clickbaity and all these other things, you know, because people can read through the fake, you know, like you can't fake the funk. <laughs> Either you are something or you're not something and... You know, when when you get that genuine feeling and connection from somebody, that's what will make or break that relationship lasting or not. Honestly, I couldn't agree with that more, dude. That that was some facts. You spit some facts. And um, I think on that note, we're going to end on that good note. This is going to be the end of the podcast. Super Manny, I just want to say a big resounding thank you for being here. Thank you for adding so much value to the audience that is listening here. And I want to thank you, the listener. I want to say thank you 
for listening to this podcast, especially up to this point. I really appreciate you. But back to the um, thank you to Manny. Manny, thank you. No, not a problem, Joe. Really, I appreciate the chance to speak on this topic and, you know, to connect with you. It's it's definitely been a podcast that was a long time coming, so I'm glad we were able to, to get it done today. Yeah, but because it was a long time coming, now we, we, we were providing some heat. Now, like, uh, what is, I heard something that was really great that I, I really have been implementing, right? You don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your training. And so I'm glad that I did this now and not when I was trying to rise to the occasion. Because of that, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things I try to do that would just flop. Yep. And so now the fact that I've been putting con- consistent work into not only the podcast, not only a blog, not only a YouTube video, um, now, worst case with the podcast, like I was a little nervous before this one. Um, <laughs> and it's just because it's the second one in season two. Or I don't know when this is going to go up officially. So if it's the third episode or something, don't yell at me. But... <laughs> you know it is we'll see how everything goes but i was nervous just because i mean it it, it it's a good feeling to have it shows you care all of that you know i'm very excited um but even though i was nervous it like basically i'm like a weed whacker right it might take a couple pulls but once it's going it's going yep and it's just because of the training that i put in and like i said i fall to my training instead of rising to the occasion so it's it's good thing that we did it now for sure no, no, it was definitely, it was perfect timing. As Is there as, anything else you want to say? Done, that's when it's the best time to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no race here. So, any uh, anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? How do people reach you? Let's go over that. I've been really bad about that. Um, I mean, so, on most platforms, I'm super Manny, like the name, Manny, 54. Um, and then on YouTube, it's just super... Manny, um, and yeah, that's the best place to find me on Instagram mostly or YouTube. And I really don't have anything to plug. Just the biggest thing that I would want is that if anybody does listen, please feel free to reach out to me. Send me a DM. Tell me that you heard me on on Joe's podcast, and let's connect from there. And the same things I was talking about here, I would love to check out your work and talk and just build a relationship i like that i like that a lot anyways that is the end of this podcast i hope you got as much value out of it as i did um i love talking to manny he's got a lot of good things to say and so like i said thank you for listening and we will see you on the podcast next time until then enjoy a cup of something you love enjoy that cup of joe for me and uh we'll see you next week Boom.